Shall we read a poem? Hello all and welcome to Shall We Read a Poem? I'm Russ. I'm Lauren. And now I have all of the 5G. Congratulations on your booster, Russ. How was that? It was, I mean, it was boostery. There was a, that is the classiest highball glass. Oh my God, did you knock down a hundred-year-old woman and take it from her? You know, uh, so it's this green glass, and I, I haven't actually put it under a black light to see if it's uranium glass, but I don't think it is. Oh, it be- that thing better be giving off lots of alpha waves. Well, it has tonic water in it, so I'll have to wait until it doesn't have tonic water to put it under the black light, because tonic glows in black light too. How much tonic is in tonic water nowadays? It's not very much, is it? You mean like quinine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because back in the day, it was a malaria dose. And these right. days, it's it's microscopic amounts. Well, I figure that that's what the bitter flavor is in tonic water. Now I want to Google. Let's see here. Okay, so a therapeutic dose of quinine is considered between 500 and 1,000 milligrams. Mm-hmm. But these days, in a liter of tonic water today, you will find no more than 83 milligrams of quinine. Wow, tonic water must have been really bitter at some point. Really bitter back in the wow. day. Wow. And so let this let it be known, folks. Shall We Read a Poem is telling you your health information to fight malaria. Um, make sure you're drinking at least six liters of tonic water per day. Mm, quinine doesn't work very well on malaria anymore. Again, that's six liters coming to you from uh, Shall We Read a Poem. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe that much would do something. It would certainly (laughs) hydrate you, I guess. Well, Russ. So, what are we talking about? Well, I want you to go first today. (gasps) Oh, boy. I get to go first. Okie dokie. Well, I am reading, and it is a stretch at this point, but I am reading Magical Eraser. Okay. She wouldn't believe... This pencil has a magical eraser. She said I was a silly moo. She said I was a liar, too. She dared me prove that it was true. And so, what could I do? I erased her. And the illustration is a one of those weird adult-looking children that Shell draws, um, but looking very smug with, with an eraser in their hand and then there is a mostly erased other human which creates a lot of images of body horror and existential fright i'm also going to be keen on the body horror today so why did you pick this poem russ what you should never do when you have something that you want to talk about and then you try to relate a poem back to it which is what i am guilty of today because it's the idea of offering up proof that will not make a difference. And it was fresh in my mind because I had my booster today and I got to thinking about all of the anti-vaxxers out in the world. How no matter, once someone goes anti-vax, like they never come back. It's it's like, it's just, okay, they're, they're lost to us forever. But I went down a rabbit hole on Reddit, as I sometimes do. Oops. And ran across <laughs> and ran across a study that, with which I was previously unfamiliar, and it came out in um, June of last year, and it was positing what the overlap is between adults with a crippling fear of needles and anti-vaxxers. Hmm. 
I only know one person with a crippling fear of needles, but she's not anti-vax. Hmm. This study was conducted in the UK, and the findings were that needle phobia could be responsible for as much as 10% of vaccine hesitancy, at least in the UK. Well, I can understand that to an extent. If someone, if I had to deal with my phobia every time I did something that was a hassle, it also hurt, and also made me feel sick afterward and it like coincided with my phobia i could really be disincentivized to do that and i can't figure that one at all because one they don't hurt anymore and what two, are you talking about shots don't it, like you've gotten as many you're up to three now just like i am and yeah. I, I even asked the nurse today are needles different than when I, from when i was a kid because they don't hurt anymore it's like when I was a kid, I remember shots being so painful. And now it's just like, I get worse treatment from a paper cut. Well, some of the shots we got when we were little are more painful vaccines. Hmm. The Tdap is no fun. That one sucks quite a lot. And I mean, we can get, I, we, do, we should get boosters of it every 10 years, but... It's not that frequent. I don't remember. Maybe the MMR is particularly... Oh, I actually have gotten an MMR recently. I don't remember if it particularly hurt or not. Tetanus lights me up. Tetanus hurts so bad. But yeah? it's not the needle. It, for, for me, I'm told that some people have a reaction to the tetanus booster, and I do a lot. It makes that arm unusable. I mean, like, for a week it hurts. Well, some vaccines hurt more when going in than others like it's less the needle itself that hurts and more that the needle plus the fluid entry is almost like ah that burns sometimes <laughs> and so to me from now on all anti-vaxxers are just going to be people with a fear of needles and that will be my go-to make fun of well i don't think it's a stretch at all to use the poem eraser for people who are anti-vax because whenever i look at that poem i think a lot about various conspiracy theories because people have been cutting each other off a lot lately and people who are you know on the side of reality and are pro-vax and know that trump lost the election and that black lives matter and things like that have cut off people who are you know making life worse for people and people who are making life worse for people have been cutting off people who aren't, you know? Everyone is guilty of it, but it seems to be a conservative hallmark that this isn't a problem unless it happens to me. Yeah. Well, it's a lack of about... imagination, I think. It's a lack of being able to imagine that something bad would happen to you. But I remember, God, this is going way back. My first exposure when I was in my younger and more formative years, I worked in a cubicle next to a fellow that at the time was a Bush 2 supporter. And he and I would rail against each other basically every day. And I remember how anti-abortion he was. But then later I would find out that his wife had had an abortion. Mm -hmm. But he, it was the justification, but here's my reason and this is why it's okay kind right. of a thing. Well, they and don't think anybody else has a reason. That was oh, that was so interesting. I remember that like it was yesterday. I was like, wow, that's how you think, isn't it? Like, it's that's, really common. You think that's okay. 
It's really common. A lot of people who work in abortion clinics and stuff say that a lot of people will be out protesting one week and then in the clinic the next week and then back out protesting the following week. I wish I could understand that level of cognitive disconnect. I mean, I think I do. Because there isn't really a disconnect. Like, they think that what they're doing is the exception. And they don't consider that other people might be in exactly the same position. People who are anti-abortion who get abortions tend to assume that other people are using it carelessly as just a simple birth control. Like, they can't be bothered to use birth control or... They're just sleeping around and, and you know, and there's nothing wrong with sleeping around, but they're not being virtuous. So if you're virtuous and virtuous. yeah, if you're virtuous and you need an abortion, then you can have an abortion. But everybody else is unvirtuous just by the fact that they need an abortion. We are, I promise to everyone out there, we are actually good and happy people that usually I'm not life. <laughs> I've been, oh, come right on. I've been around you for a very long time. You're a wonderful person who enjoys oh, life you. and finds the joy in things. I do. And, but then, then we get on this freaking podcast and it's like, here's why everything is terrible and people suck. I think it's because we like to ask why. Why do things suck and why and do they have to suck? I just got a text from, I'm not even sure where this came from. Health Vancouver? I don't know. <laughs> but it, it's thanking me for getting my booster. And then it gives me, like, the lot number of the shot I got. Oh, that's good. That's actually important. I can look that up on my health gateway, and they gave me another Vax card, so... Well, do you know why they make sure you have the lot number? I don't! Why do they do that? It's in case you have an a, a, some sort of a effect that isn't common so if you have an uncommon effect they want the lot number so they can see if other people have had it and then they can know if something's wrong with that particular lot that makes quite a lot of sense (sighs) well what are you reading all right i'm going on a wild ride oh boy i like wild rides i am doing warning inside everybody's nose there lives a sharp-toothed snail So if you stick your finger in, he may bite off your nail. Stick it farther up inside, and he may bite your ring off. Stick it all the way, and he may bite the whole darn thing off. And there's a picture of a guy whose hair is really frizzy, kind of like Einstein. He has a giant nose with one finger up in it. And he's clearly a man rather than a child based on what he's wearing and the fact that I guess it can bite a ring off. I remember this poem more than any other poem from this book. Yeah. Maybe it was the illustration. Maybe it was the feeling of that. It's quite a threat. But golly, I remember being affected by this poem. It's interesting that he's so anti-nose pickers but gives a pass to thumb suckers in terms of habits that other people find disgusting. But I am going off right today for in a couple different directions. One, let's talk about noses, because Shell has a thing about noses. Here are the poems, and this might not be a complete list of poems that is in Where the Sidewalk Ends that have to do with the nose. The Acrobats, Orchestra, Sick, Snowman, The razor-tailed wren, and now I have to point out that this one doesn't contain the word nose. It just has a drawing of someone's nose being cut off. 
Betsy Blue Bonnet, Band-Aids, and that might be it. But that is a lot of poems in one book about noses. It's not just in that one book. In uh, Falling Up, uh, he has a poem entitled My Nose Garden. Wow, he likes noses. Or Dude's doesn't like noses. noses. Or there's, yeah, there's something about noses. Who knows is why? Did he like them? I mean, Did he not like them? Did he just think they were really silly? Is it just that kids find noses really silly because they are very strange organs? I'm definitely giving this a Quentin Tarantino and feet kind of a thing. <laughs> well, tell me about that, Russ. Well, I mean, Quentin Tarantino has a foot fetish. Like, that's well documented. Well, did he say he has a foot fetish? Or is it just that, like, oh, wow, Uma Thurman sure is looking at her feet for a long time? Well, it's not just Uma. It's any actress. My holy grail would be if I could get a TikTok of Quentin doing blow off someone's foot. That would be ideal. (laughs) Well, the idea that, one, you would have a viral TikTok, and two, that you would be able to get private footage from Quentin Tarantino of him doing something very illegal is such a stretch. Well, I mean, what if he's on a yacht or something? Like, he's, I mean, it's only illegal if you're not rich. (laughs) Good point. Well, the other thing I wanted to talk about today is snails. (gasps) Okay. I don't know anything about snails other than they fire sex darts at each other, which I enjoy. Well, that's a pretty cool thing about snails. Uh, So how much damage do you think a snail could do? Are we talking like on an agricultural scale? Because profound. Right. Well, I mean, like, if a snail had a vendetta against you. Oh, are we talking about the snail that follows you unstoppably? (laughs) You mean the cone snail? Yes, 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 yes. Yes, the deadly cone snail. So they're pretty aggressive, and they will come after you if you are just, like, in their area, in the ocean. They're from the tropics and subtropics, and the ways in which they will fuck you up. From Wikipedia, symptoms of a more serious cone snail sting include intense localized pain, swelling, numbness, and tingling and vomiting. Symptoms can start immediately or be delayed for days. Severe cases include muscle paralysis, changes in vision, and respiratory failure that can lead to death. Since the cone snails have this pretty deadly venom, there are some therapeutical uses for it uh, in pain treatment. Oh. Yeah. The thing about cone snails is they are extremely pretty. Like a lot of snails... I've seen those cones. I know, they're so pretty. That's actually one way people get stung by them is when they pick them up for shell collecting and they can fire their dart through someone's glove or wetsuit. Hmm. Gotta be honest, I didn't think that's where you were going. I thought you were going with the immortal snail that kills you if it touches you. What? What are you talking about? Well, this started maybe five years ago on Reddit, but then it recently found new life on TikTok, as many things do. And the original premise was you get an amount of money, like some large amount of money, but you and one snail both become immortal. (laughs) And if the snail comes in contact with you, you die instantly. And this magical snail always knows where you are, and it will never stop following you. So what do you do? I mean, what kind of habitat can it live in? Well, and, and, and that's the thing. It's unstoppable. Like, okay. if it needs to cross the bottom of the ocean, it can do so. 
It seems like you would just keep changing places. Like you wouldn't stay in any one place for a very long time and you should be okay. And so you, you had people that came up with their plan, such as it is to beat the snail. And, and, and a lot of them involve some sort of travel. Eventually, the, the snail has trouble going through space. Like it's still bound by the limits of reality. And so if it can sneak its way onto a rocket ship, like if you can somehow, if you're immortal and can invest properly and then travel to another terraformed planet, well, you've pretty well beaten the snail unless it can sneak onto some sort of rocket that's also going to your planet. But hmm, it seems like it probably would, though. A lot of what cropped up on TikTok was people making peace with the snail after millions of years of immortality. They're just like, come and get me, snail. I'm ready. It was the whole, like, greeting death as an old friend sort of a thing. Hmm. And then, then does the snail get to die, too? Unclear. One assumes. It could be that the snail just longs for death, but I'm not sure that was ever explicitly stated. Hmm. Well, the cone snails are actually known for, cha- well, coming after you. <laughs> you can't die by touching them, but you can die if they <laughs> So... I mean, it doesn't sound that far-fetched. And here's Lauren bringing it back to reality. (laughs) (laughs) There's also a a snail called the American Oyster Drill or the Drill Snail. uh, Jesus. So in the poem, so the poem warning talks about a snail biting through fingers. And as we know, snails don't have teeth. They do have mouths that they can release some digestive enzymes through and dissolve things, but... You know, that's biting isn't really their things. But the oyster drill shell does about what it says on the label. It drills holes in organisms with shells. So it could at least drill a hole through your finger, probably. What does it drill with? Uh, I believe the same thing. It sting- The cone snail stings with it. Let me see. Oyster drills are small predatory snails found in Rhode Island. And they make a small hole through the shell using a drill-like organ called the radula. I don't know what a radula is. I think I know that word, but that's about the end of it. I don't think it's the same organ that the cone snails use to harpoon their victims. I'm disappointed to learn that there are no universities that feature snails as mascots. They're the, you, there's the banana slug in California. Yes, you have UC Santa Cruz that has the banana slug. This is true. You also have Evergreen State that has the gooey duck as its mascot there is the bull weevil there is fighting okra and there is simply the tree with stanford but we have no snails someone get on that yeah well the one last snail horror thing i want to talk about is the idea of like whether a snail can live in your nose or not i think it could so there's one known case uh, at least of a person ending up with snails in their skin oh god so there was this kid in southern california who scraped his elbow on a rock and then he got this like weird blister pustule under his skin at first the doctor was like oh it's probably fine whatever just just keep an eye on it and then finally it got nasty enough that they decided to drain it and there was a snail inside it was a checkered periwinkle sea snail. And it was tiny. That Your expression is terrifying right now. <laughs> I think what happened is that the kid, when, it, when he scraped his skin against the rock, he got like a tiny four millimeter adult snail. I thought maybe it had, was a, 
it was one that wasn't yet adult, but I think it was just uh, an adult snail that, you know, like you get an abrasion and you get some gravel or something in it. Hmm. It was alive when they found it. So was it surviving or thriving? Uh, I think it was surviving. Hmm. But well, yeah, so just remember, body folks, horror snails. Nature is terrifying. Yeah. It's not a snail, but you uh, you might have heard of the case of uh, Sam Ballard, that Australian fellow that ate a slug at the uh, ripe old age of 19. Wouldn't you know it? The uh, snail was infected with rat lungworm. Oh, I would. So, I, I know about rat lungworm. It's a big problem in Hawaii. Well, this fellow got himself a nice case of meningitis and ended up with severe brain damage, and he died nine years later. After many complications and becoming paraplegic and severely brain damaged and a number uh, of other things. Uh. So don't eat snails or slugs, folks. Oh, I mean, you can from like a French restaurant, but don't lick them if they're raw. Well, I mean, I know you cooked. can cook them. Yeah, you can cook them, but don't don't eat them. And don't undercook them either. They do have a problem with people undercooking snails and getting rat lungworm. For the record, I have eaten loads of snails in my day. Um, what are they like? But- have you eaten, like, octopus from a sushi place? Yeah. It's that consistency, but they usually taste like butter because it's French. Oh, well. I it's don't kind of I'd... like swallowing an eraser. <laughs> I didn't really like octopus, so I probably wouldn't like snails then. Ah, see, now, octopus can be good if it's cooked well, and most octopus is not cooked well. No, well, I mean, I had plenty of taco in Japan, and it was not my thing. Well, do you have any uplifting thoughts to leave our listeners with? Uh, I have a cute thing. Oh. So it's a decently warm day, and uh, I had the doors open, and a couple flies got in. But then Minerva hunted them down and murdered them and ate them, and it was freaking adorable. Savage. It was a savage, but, like, Minerva's shaped like a fluffy blimp. So, like, it's super cute. 